This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett's status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very excited, Bryce. Excited for this uh, episode. We're doing an industry deep dive on an industry that we've uh, been speaking about off the podcast for a little while. I think we may have mentioned on the show a couple of times that we wanted to do this. So, I'm glad that I finally found some time in your busy content schedule to just slip this one in. Yes. We're going to be doing an industry deep dive on the hydrogen industry. Yeah, we are. And uh, this is off the back of uh, some feedback from the listener survey that you want more industries, you want more company analysis. So we're going to be doing more of these yeah. uh, over the next year. So La- last week we did uh, talked about a company that de- does solids and liquids. And now we're going to be talking about a gas. <laughs> solids and liquids being waste. Yeah. Bit of an waste update. Waste and water. Yeah. But anyway, another, uh, another piece of feedback was to get straight into the episode. Yes, so yes. before we do. <laughs> so we'll ignore that and Bryce is going to do some housekeeping. No, this is, uh, this is an important piece of housekeeping keeping so bear with us we do have a live show coming up on april the 29th here in sydney the good news is is that if you are unable to secure tickets uh, for the in-person event we are live streaming it online straight into your lounge room so you can join us for the all access industry night in partnership with stake where we'll be taking a deep dive on the alcohol and beverages industry with five experts from both the investing side and the industry side joining us to help make some more informed investment decisions uh, in regards to that industry so tickets are free prize packs available for those uh, who are going to be joining from home we're giving away merch booze packs as well as some free stocks courtesy of stake and information is on our Instagram. Social, or you can email all, the, us. all the social channels. Well, no, that's not true. Is it not on all the social channels? <laughs> no. Which one missed out? TikTok. True, true, true. <laughs> but anyway, if you want more info, you can email us contact at equitymates.com. We'd love to see you and we will endeavor to get to the other capital cities throughout the year. But that is enough housekeeping. Let's move on. Yes. Now, uh, hydrogen. Let's, let's start with uh, setting the scene. What is hydrogen? Um, hydrogen has done well over the years. It's, <laughs> it's the most common uh, 
gas in the universe. Maybe the most common uh, chemical element in the universe. Yeah, I'd say chemical element because yeah. it can come in not no, just gas form. Number one on the periodic table. Yes. A pe- periodic table power rankings of uh, the elements that make up the universe. The, Hydrogen number one. The big H. Yes. Um, so, but that we're not here to talk about uh, the composition of the universe. We'll save that for the uh, Who Created the Universe podcast. Yes, which is not ours. <laughs> um, but hydrogen is used in a number of, uh, I guess, industrial processes yeah. now, especially in things like making fertilizer. About 70 million tons of hydrogen is used um, every year currently. But we're not here to talk about the fertilizer industry. That would be a pretty shit episode. <laughs> yeah, it could stink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about it uh, for the... The growing application uh, and the pretty exciting application around um, energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the we obviously are all aware of the climate crisis, the need to transition away from renewables. Uh, sorry, to <laughs> transition to renewables. Like, what have you been reading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the need to transition our transportation grid away from um, the reliance on renewables. And hydrogen is a lot of um, chat so far around, um, you know, solar, wind, hydro uh, for electricity, and then using that electricity to power cars. Hydrogen is another option with a growing use case. And we really want to get stuck into it today um, because there's some interesting companies. But I also think the CSIRO deserves more credit in a lot of areas, but the CSIRO once again coming into bat in a big way. For those listening overseas, uh, the CSIRO is the Australian government's, um, I guess, scientific R&D organisation. They have come through in a big way in the past, including creating Wi-Fi, um, and they've done something here. Yeah, it's always crazy that they created Wi-Fi. And no one really, yeah. Anyway, I gives mean, them credit, but anyway, look if you uh, there's a whole there's a whole other podcast on how invaluable the invest government investment in R and D has been. But it's we'll not we'll say we'll save that for the government investing in R and D podcast episode. So uh, a bit of context as to what you'll hear in this episode. Uh, we're going to go through high level what hydrogen is, how it can be used, uh, the infrastructure that is required, as well as taking a bit of a deep dive on um, what's going on within the industry, uh, how governments are starting to use it and the policies that they're forming. And then the main thing is having a a good look at some of the companies and key players in the industry and what that means from an investing point of view and what your options are. So plenty of uh, investment options, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, uh, ETFs and individual stocks. And we're going to go through some of the companies towards the end of the episode. Yeah, so let's uh, let's start at the beginning with some terminology that you may have come across. Um, there's been some chat about it in Australian politics over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, so hydrogen as a gas can be created in a number of ways. And, and the really exciting thing is how it can be created from renewables. Um, but you'll often hear hydrogen uh, being spoken about on a color spectrum. Yes. Uh, so just uh, let's, let's define the terminology at the start. So um, 
brown hydrogen is hydrogen created from traditional fossil fuels like coal, mm-hmm. um, least sustainable, hence why it's brown. Not good. Traditionally a non-sustainable colour. Yes. <laughs> Next on the, uh, on the, I guess, the range of hydrogen options is grey hydrogen, and that is hydrogen created from natural gas. Blue hydrogen is created from natural gas with carbon capture and storage. Mm-hmm. And then green hydrogen is hydrogen produced from renewable sources. And that's the gold nugget. Yeah. And now you might be wondering, what do we mean when we say produced? Um, the Probably the simplest, there, there are a number of ways that hydrogen can be produced, but probably the simplest way to explain it is um, if you wanted to produce hydrogen from water. So... Water, the chemical symbol for water is... H2O. Nice, nice. We're going into some life sciences here. Um, So H2O, water is two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Yep. Um, You can use a process uh, called electrolysis uh, to... Another term that is worth remembering when we talk about investment options. Options later oh, on. Oh, nice. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> yes, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> so basically, through this process, uh, you can split the oxygen and hydrogen atoms in water. And so by splitting the the water molecule into its constituent parts, mm-hmm. you get hydrogen over here, oxygen over here, and then you have hydrogen that you can then use for these industrial applications like fertilizer or now to create electricity and stuff like that. And the byproduct of creating this electricity is not carbon dioxide. It's it's oxygen. Oxygen. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why we're in this position where it's becoming a a pretty, uh, I guess, favourable source of uh, generating energy. Mm. So, from a real conceptual framework, you use electricity to split water. You create hydrogen. The how that electricity is generated then. Is, determines is the, the color, color spectrum. Scheme, yeah. So if that electricity is generated from coal, you use that electricity to create hydrogen, you got brown hydrogen. If that electricity is created from solar, you create hydrogen, you've got green hydrogen. Yes. No CO2 <laughs> required. <laughs> so Ren, um, hydrogen has a number of use cases. You've already spoken about the use in industrial process and fertilizers, plastics, explosives, those sorts of things. Um, but more importantly, what we're starting to see now is uh, its use in powering vehicles yes, and also generating electricity and producing heat. Um, if we think about vehicles, you know, people would have heard about Nikola, which we'll touch on a bit later as well. Yeah, I don't think we'll touch on it too much though. <laughs> um, but yeah, many use cases. Um, we've got here that the CRSIRO, expects a million hydrogen-powered cars to hit the streets in no less than four years. Yeah, so I think let's uh, just unpack what we mean. So um, to power vehicles, you know, right now we put diesel or petrol into our car and that runs the engine. Tesla, all these electric car companies have said, sack the internal combustion engine that uses petrol or diesel. We want to have an electric engine that uses battery packs Uh, to store electricity that then powers the car. Hydrogen-powered cars are another option where you fill the car up with hydrogen, Hydrogen. the gas, and then it uses hydrogen fuel cells to power the motor that moves the car. So that's the, the, the the vehicle thing. Toyota and Hyundai are probably two of the leading uh, traditional car makers uh, investing in hydrogen. They've both got prototypes. Um, we'll touch on them a bit later. 
generating electricity um, is the other really exciting use case, um, and you'll see how excited I am about it a little bit later in this episode. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but the way to think about that is, you know, right now we use natural gas uh, to create electricity. Think of hydrogen taking the place of natural gas, being a more sustainable, greener uh, gas that can really use a lot of natural gas's infrastructure to create electricity. So that is the what, which is how it can be used. Um, if we continue down that uh, vein of uh, train of thought, we need to talk about the infrastructure because <laughs> hydrogen is incredibly flammable. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it is somewhat dangerous. Um, so you've got to be thinking about not somewhat dangerous. <laughs> very it reacts dangerous. violently to the <laughs> oxygen in air. <laughs> Risk level low. Yeah, so it's uh, that's why it's been used traditionally great for explosives. Um, yes. But it, that also makes it incredibly difficult to transport. Um, and so just keep that fact in the back of your mind. We're building up to the exciting part. Um, but yeah, it's incredibly flammable. So hydrogen, we've always known that hydrogen is an option in our energy mix. We've always known these use cases but um, there's just certain things around the production of it and certain things around the transport and storage of it that have made it not fit for purpose. Um, and you may be able to see where this is going, which is that the CSIRO have started to solve this problem. Um, the other just point around infrastructure is, you know, we talk about renew like renewable energy, like you know, solar and wind, and it requires a whole lot of new infrastructure. The exciting thing with hydrogen is that it can use a lot of natural gas infrastructure. So there's the, the, you know, there's all this um, like liquefied natural gas, natural gas pipelines, all this stuff. Like all this, this infrastructure has been built up for this whole industry. Um, a lot of it can be retrofitted for hydrogen. Yeah, nice. So let's have a look at uh, the industry, Ren. There's no doubt that there's a huge move around the globe to uh, push for zero emissions in our in our economies yes um and we've spoken about that a number of times on the show the hydrogen council uh say that by 2050 hydrogen will make up 15 percent of the global energy demand which translates to sales of uh hydrogen and equipment or a hydrogen market of 2.5 trillion dollars so annually, yeah. yeah annually so pretty massive market there and as a result, government is uh, around the world, governments are starting to prioritize, I guess, projects around hydrogen mm. uh, and developing policy to accommodate for this. Yeah. So uh, I, I love uh, government slogans because of how terrible they are. How's this for a government slogan? H2 under two. <laughs> what does that even mean? So the Australian government has a priority uh, to produce clean hydrogen under $2 a kilogram. A kilogram. Clean being green? Well, this is a that is right. a, a good pickup. The uh, Australian government love a way, or well, the current Australian government love a way to squeeze some fossil fuels. So it's going to be brown. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> no way. All right, anyway. Um, but H2 under 2, that's Australia's priority. Um, the government is funding Australia's first hydrogen hub as part of a $1.9 billion investment in future technologies. So the Australian government is um, is recognising the opportunity for hydrogen, partly because of how important it can be, maybe partly because it creates another use case for 
our legacy resources that we haven't got out of the ground yet, but let's leave that. But it's not just Australia that is seeing hydrogen as a priority. So, you know, uh, Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure bill that's being talked about at the moment. I do. Uh, in that, he has proposed 15 decarbonized hydrogen demonstration projects as part of a $15 billion investment in demonstration projects. And he's also um, proposed a new production tax credit to incentivize retrofitting of energy infrastructure to accommodate new fuels like hydrogen. So that was that goes to what I was talking about earlier about like existing natural gas infrastructure. They want to incentivize, you know, industrial players to uh, to retrofit it to accommodate hydrogen. So the US is is trending in that direction. The European Commission recently set a target to produce up to 10 million tons of uh, renewable hydrogen by 2030. But I think really the the key early adopters in terms of government around hydrogen, Japan yep. and South Korea. Yeah, no surprises there. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't know. I- I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. Yeah. And that's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the main thing. Now, I want to I want to put a uh, a term on the table uh, that I think that Australia should be aiming for, which is I think Australia should be trying to become the Saudi Arabia of renewables. Okay. Yeah. Uh, being what the, the the leader or the the richest or So all of the above, I guess. I think if you think about Saudi Arabia for the last number of decades, it's been a net energy exporter. It has pumped oil out across the world and it has benefited massively as a result. It is an oil wealth kingdom. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think Australia should be aiming to be a hydrogen wealth kingdom. But but really what I mean by that is um, there's a number of opportunities where Australia can really be a major net energy exporter when it comes to hydrogen. We're blessed with serious capacity for renewables. We've got a lot of wind and we've yep. got a lot of uh, sun. sun. Um, we're close to the major export markets, like there's oh, yeah, Japan, South Korea, the two bi- big, um, I guess, early adopters of hydrogen. And I think it's something we should be striving for. You know, the government and the CSIRO talk about being able to really revive regional towns with stuff like this as well. Um, But I just think uh, on the whole, there's an opportunity to be a leader in this space. We have a lot of the prerequisites to do incredibly well here. And the government are pursuing that. So the Australian government has recently announced it's uh, cooperating with Japan on hydrogen fuel cells and a world's first clean liquefied hydrogen export pilot project. South Korea, we have a hydrogen production action plan. Germany, we're exploring renewable hydrogen supply chain possibilities. Singapore, we're exploring collaboration opportunities. And the US, we're a member of the US Centre for Hydrogen Safety. That one is probably boring, not as economically viable, but no. obviously important. But, but you know, I, I say this: the government are doing all these things um, to partner with other countries around hydrogen. But the fact of the matter is, you know, as we said at the start, hydrogen is incredibly difficult to transport. It's incredibly volatile. How does Australia become the net energy exporter? How does it become the Saudi Arabia of renewables? when you can't transport the stuff. 
I got to figure that out. Well, and that's what leads into the, an ad break. <laughs> an ad break. The CSIRO, <laughs> but firstly, an ad break. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. So we want to pick it up from uh, the cliffhanger that was delivered around how do you export hydrogen safely so that we can become the Saudi Arabia of renewables. Yes. And uh, at the start, we were also teased with the uh, underappreciation of the CSIRO. <laughs> so we're now going to move on and not talk about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hydrogen as an export, Ren, we've already touched on the fact it's traditionally very volatile to transport which leads us to the CSIRO yeah. making an incredible breakthrough. Yeah. So just to take a step back, and I promise there won't be too much of a preamble, but you know how we talk about natural gas and then the acronym is LNG? So that's because to transport natural gas, you have to liquefy it so it's stable. And so the, the question was the same here. You know, how, what, how can we make hydrogen stable so it can be transported and then turn it back into something you know back into the gas hydrogen that can be used uh for all these different use cases that we're talking about no one could figure it out and so hydrogen was niche and then the csiro came and made a breakthrough uh i think decades in the works and it is super simple but it's um it's pretty cool so they've made this metal membrane and the metal membrane filters out pure hydrogen gas from ammonia now going back to a bit of uh life sciences do you know what the chemical symbol for ammonia is that's a tough one (laughs) yeah it's uh, no no that's right neither did i um but it's nh3 so one part nitrogen three parts hydrogen and so basically what this metal membrane does is you have decomposed ammonia uh, on one side and you transport the ammonia which is stable for transport you get to the export market you get to japan you get to south korea you get to germany you push the ammonia through this metal membrane the only thing that can pass through is pure hydrogen gas and so it converts it back to hydrogen there you go Go to the CSIRO. That's, I think that's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice work. Yeah. So that is the that's the big breakthrough that has now, at least you know it's um, it's not commercialized yet. I don't think. Uh, but that's 
that in theory will allow us to transport hydrogen at scale at scale long distances yeah. not have ships exploding on the high seas yeah um and be able to be a net energy exporter so i think that's really exciting and you know the csiro have are now in the works of commercializing it um fortescue metals have partnered with the csiro on a bunch of hydrogen projects um prototype to hydrogen fuel cell electric car a bunch of other stuff twiggy he he has his finger on the pulse with hydrogen well, yeah, I mean, he's now taking a pretty strong focus on the renewables part of um, his business. I think dedicating 10% of profits from Fortescue to push towards uh, finding renewable projects. I remember during COVID, he was gallivanting around the world on his private jet with a small army of people trying to find renewable projects. So, uh, yeah, he's got a bit of a focus on mm, it at the moment. Mm. That's what you'd do if you were taking $1.6 billion in dividends each year. True, true, true. <laughs> you could, you could really uh, have some pet projects. Yeah. He, um, he gave a big speech on hydrogen, I think, earlier this year or late last year as well. So, yeah, he's all in on it. Um, now, to give you... I, I guess, you know, if people got lost in that description, just number one, just take the excitement over it as um, indication. But, but really think of what this breakthrough is um, as a way to move solar or wind energy around the world at incredibly cost-effective rates. And, you know, what I mean by that is the generation happens in Australia, um, but you don't want to build transmission lines to Asia where you can't, although Mike Cannon-Brooks is trying um, with an undersea cable to Singapore. But really, you know, if you can generate surplus energy, but you can't transport it to people who want that energy, it's no Pointless, good. Yeah. And so, you know, part of that's part of the reason why oil was and coal were so good because you can transport them. Yeah. But this whole process, you take the cheap solar and wind, you convert it to hydrogen, convert it to ammonia, convert it back to hydrogen in the export market, and you've found a incredibly cost-effective way to transport that energy around the world. Lock and load. Lock and load. Well, now let's get into the good stuff, Ren, which is what does this actually mean from an investing point of view and what are the, who are the companies that we should be thinking about and key players within the industry and uh, where are some potential opportunities to put your hard-earned cash if you do want to jump on the, the hydrogen uh, gas pipeline. Yeah. Yes. Now, obviously, none of this... Uh, is investing advice. This is an industry deep dive and we are just going to talk about a bunch of companies and a bunch of players in the industry. Um, so, obviously, this is the start of your research process and not the end of it. No, no. With that being said, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So, if we talk about key players in, in the industry, we may as well start with uh, governments and research and development agencies such as CSIRO and uh, the Australian government that uh, are putting a lot of money into this space at the moment. Uh, whether or not you can invest directly in the Australian government. Uh, I do my taxes every through year. Through tax, yes. <laughs> um, if we look around the world, South Korea and Japan, as you've already mentioned, Ren, are investing heavily in the space as well. Um, and the U.S. government as well through uh, the Biden administration's $2 trillion infrastructure plan. Uh, he campaigned on climate change, so uh, there's no doubt that hydrogen is going to play a part in that. Yeah. Um, so from a government point of view, those are the, the main players. 
Then we move down the rung to the large traditional energy companies and uh, large industrial companies. We said right at the top of the episode that hydrogen is used in uh, a lot of industrial processes, fertilizers, the like. And so these are some of the companies that I guess are having to readjust infrastructure um, to accommodate for hydrogen within their process. Yeah, or also just companies that are making like turnkey solutions to create hydrogen or green hydrogen or just like, you know, uh, other big industrial players that um, are getting their fingers in the pie in different ways. For example, uh, and this company has come up a number of times, Simons Siemens Energy, spelt S-I-E-M-E-N-S. They're... German? European. European, Let's yeah. Say European. <laughs> European industrials company who now have a, a hydrogen department within uh, the business. A couple of others are Cummins and Thyssen Krupp. Yeah, nailed it. Some large uh, large scale industrial players. First time I read about Thyssen Krupp was about a book about one of the founders who was like a big weapons maker in like World War One. That you start to notice that name everywhere once you've heard it, though. Like every elevator you go into in Australia, I think, is made by that. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so all about in- investing in what you see around you. Um, and then we move into current producers of hydrogen and uh, industrial gases. We mentioned at the top of the show the difference between brown, grey, blue and green. Nailed it. Um, and uh, there's a couple here that we'll go through that are mainly focused on the grey hydrogen. So, yeah, 95% of the hydrogen produced in 2019 was either grey or blue. So, natural gas is the uh, weapon of choice for uh, a lot of these players today. I mean, like, the exciting thing is green hydrogen. And so, part of your research process, if you're excited by green hydrogen specifically, is looking at these three companies that are the big producers of hydrogen and industrial gases today and see what their plans are if they're transitioning from grey to grey green. To green. Yeah. So, the first is uh, Lind. Uh, it's uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. The ticker is LIN. It is the largest industrial gas company in the world. Uh, and it is about to begin construction on the world's first hydrogen refueling station for passenger trains in Germany. So, uh, classic Germany leading the way on on this sort of stuff. They also have a partnership with Scottish Power Renewables and ITM Power to build a 10 megawatt green hydrogen production facility in Glasgow. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of leading the way on this front. Good to see. Yeah, the two other companies that are the big players in the uh, hydrogen and industrial gases space are Air Products and Chemicals, traded on in New York, and then... Oh, damn, I can't believe I have to say this one. Le Air Liquid. <laughs> Le Air Liquid. <laughs> uh, which I'm guessing is a French company. Yeah. Um, so, they're, they're some of the traditional players so thinking gone. about... Sorry, you go. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, so we've gone governments, then your traditional energy companies, then we've moved into the current producers of hydrogen and industrial gases. Traditional and- energy companies and large industrials. Yeah. Think of them like GE and stuff like that. And now we're moving into... Uh, the next rung down, which is where I guess there's hydrogen used within product, car makers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, t- we, we mentioned earlier in the episode Toyota and Hyundai. Uh, Toyota is 
I, I don't think it's surprising actually that one of these is a Japanese company and the other is a South Korean company because um, they're their governments are yeah. all in. Yeah. So Toyota partnered with the CSIRO on the membrane, have invested millions into hydrogen, and they've created the Toyota Mirai that uh, I think is their prototype hydrogen car. Hyundai, same thing, uh, investing a lot in the space and have created the Hyundai Nexo SUV, uh, which is also their prototype. So they're they're probably uh, two of the traditional car makers making passenger vehicles. Now, that's an important distinction that we'll get back to in a second because the real value proposition with hydrogen compared to electric cars is in trucking. Yeah. So... um, Without going too deep down the rabbit hole, the weight and the size of batteries required for an electric truck to do long haul trucking makes it pretty cost prohibitive. Um, And like the amount of space you would take up with the batteries to get the distance you need, you wouldn't really have as much space to take cargo. And also the weight of the batteries, like effects power to weight ratio, all that stuff. So there's always been a question mark around trucking and is electric motors or are electric motors the right solution hydrogen um, although the gas tank is larger um, than your traditional diesel today it's better than electric this is i'm really getting on the extent of my knowledge about the evv hydrogen fuel cell debate but trucking is really a use case where hydrogen seems to be a better fit than electric vehicles. So there are a number of companies that are trying to play in the trucking space as well. We all, well, a lot of us saw Nikola, which was- <laughs> Pushed the car down a hill. Yeah, <laughs> which was super hyped at the time. People were all in on it. And then turns out they faked a demonstration of a, a hydrogen powered truck where they just actually released the handbrake and rolled it down a hill rather than driving it. A um, bunch of other stuff. They're still listed, although I don't know. They've got a lot to recover from. If you are interested in the trucking uh, conversation, General Motors have announced plans to sell hydrogen-powered heavy trucks. And as well as General Motors, um, Daimler, which is the parent company of Mercedes, um, are also working on a hydrogen-powered truck. So there's... In the same way that we're seeing all the Volkswagens and all that of the world move into the electric vehicle space, um, that a number of the traditional car makers are also trying to play in the hydrogen space. So, um, yeah, that's probably enough on cars. So, just like you can invest in the producers of hydrogen uh, and industrial gases, you can invest in companies that produce the equipment otherwise known as electrolyzers. And, this, this, uh, is, this is a real picks and shovel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, this is what we mentioned right at the start. I uh, put a pin in it. We said that uh, electrolysis was uh, the process of splitting H2O and this is uh, electrolyzers are the equipment uh, used or the system used to do it. So there are a number of companies that uh, produce electrolyzers McPhee Energy is is one, uh, Nell Asa, N-E-L space A-S-A, and ITM Power are the three uh, major players in the electrolyzer space. So if you want to do the, the picks and shovels over being a gold miner, that's uh, the way to do it. So then the question is, so you've split the water into oxygen and hydrogen with an electrolyzer. There are some of the companies that do it. 
you've got hydrogen. To convert hydrogen to electricity, you need a fuel cell. Yes. And so then there are a number of companies that create those fuel cells to convert hydrogen to electricity. Just a quick list. Uh, Ballard Power Systems, um, Bloom Energy, Fuel Cell Energy, Plug Power, Power Cell Sweden. So a few companies to Google there, not that creatively named. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And just to tie this one out before we start having a look at some ETFs and managed funds, um, you know, if you think more broadly about this, there's a company called uh, Kion or Kion, um, and they produce uh, hydrogen powered forklifts. Yeah, forklifts. Um, I didn't know, but forklift fleets generally uh, have uh, fuel cells within them, uh, pretty popular. And uh, Keon are a, a leading manufacturer of, of forklifts, and they are going to be using hydrogen as a way of powering these forklifts. Mm. Uh, they reckon that by 2050, 65% of the forklift market uh, will be using hydrogen-powered uh, fuel cells. Uh, keep in mind, if you think about the market for these types of businesses, forklifts used extensively through the warehouse and distribution centers of the, like, the likes of Amazon and Walmart, both who are using hydrogen forklifts. And of course, as e-commerce continues to grow and warehousing and uh, distribution continues to be important, um, you know, forklifts aren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electric forklifts are also having a moment as well. Yeah, they'll, they'll transition some other company, Alstom, operates a hydrogen train. Um, there's, I, I think, really what what the point of all this is, in the same way that like the coal, the market for coal has everything from those that mine the coal and create the the equipment to do that to the transportation of it to the converting coal to energy. And then, you know, all the use cases around that, it's the same here or, or, you know, like the oil industry, you know, it spits off all these different byproducts that get turned into plastic and all that stuff. Like these energy supply chains and then the um, ecosystems that are created around these energy sources and yeah, are are big. So that, that really is just a minor snapshot of a number of the key players who are either directly driving the industry or who are changing because of the growth in the industry or who are going to be indirectly affected by the industry. Yeah. So to close this out, Ren, I guess the question is, other than those individual uh, companies that we've spoken about that are uh, publicly listed uh, around the world, um, we'll have a look at some of the ETFs and managed funds. The Bank of America has come out to say that the green hydrogen, green hydrogen, uh, could help cut emissions by a third, which would thereby provide $11 trillion worth of infrastructure investment opportunities over the next 30 years. So, huge uh, investment opportunity there. But um, And if you were a, a startup hydrogen company speaking to a VC, you'd say, $11 trillion, if we just get 1% 1%. of that market. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the classic uh, approach that all investors take. No, um, That all investors hate. Hate, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> So we'll uh, cover off some ETFs if you don't want to be investing in individual stocks that touch on uh, the pure play. Uh, there, are th- there are three of them. Um, the first is Next Gen Hydrogen ETF. It is traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Its ticker is HDRO. Uh, it's a rule-based ETF where holdings within the ETF must draw at least 50% of revenue from hydrogen or fuel cell technology. Uh, Vanek have one called uh, the Vanek Hydrogen Economy. 
And uh, there's another one, LNG hydrogen economy as well. Mm. So they're the three pure play hydrogen ETFs. Um, I couldn't, I didn't see when Vanek created theirs, but the other two have been created very recently, which I think gives an indication of how early this industry still is. So there's a few there in the hydrogen space. There's a bunch of alternative energy ETFs. We've, um, you know, we've seen in Australia, BetaShares and Vanek both recently come out with like a fighting climate change ETF that they would have some exposure to hydrogen, especially as the industry grows. My And there's a bunch in the UK, Europe and America as well. My only word of caution, if you were going to go down that route is... If you wanted to only get exposure to hydrogen, those alternative energy ETFs will still be driven by the bigger companies, the solar companies, the wind companies, the electric car companies like Tesla. So just um, just think about what's driving the returns in any ETF. I had a look for managed funds, but you know, you're know you not really going to find... It's, it's a little bit too niche to yeah. find like a pure play hydrogen managed fund. But, you know, if you wanted to get some exposure, you could probably look at some of those ethical managed funds um, or, you know, think about putting your super with an Australian ethical or a future super or the like. Individual companies, we ran through a number above, so I don't think we really need to rip through them again. One other option that I want to get your thoughts on is... uh, I don't know if hydrogen has a spot price now. I doubt it does. It probably got a future. Oh, not mine. It might have a futures market. Um, probably should have checked that in our research. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you invest in the price of hydrogen? Um. No. Yeah. No, I would not. And and why would you not? It's a commodity, and it's hot. Probably going to get cheaper. Yeah. 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 Like as as this industry grows, as demand for hydrogen grows, well, particularly as the Australian government say they want to reduce the price. Yeah, H two under two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it. People find ways to make it cheaper and more efficiently. Yeah. Um. I I just so look. I'm super excited by the hydrogen industry. Um. As I'm sure it's been pretty obvious throughout parts of this episode. I do just want to make sure when we're talking about investing options that we are being very clear that an industry can have great growth prospects, but the time it takes for those prospects to be realized can sometimes not be measured in months or years, but in decades. You know, there's a, there's still a lot of technical challenges. There's still a lot of a, the, a, the adoption curve to climb. Like really, we are still in the governments creating policies to incentivize an industry and people making technical breakthroughs to enable an industry stage, we are pretty early in the broad adoption stage. Um, So I think that's one word of caution. Um, And then the other word of caution is the companies that are ahead now may not be the companies that are the ones that really take the industry mainstream. So, you know, some of the bigger companies like Plug Power and stuff like that, you know, there might be a startup or a disruptor that makes like a fuel cell 10x better that um, that actually drives the industry towards mainstream adoption, but blows a lot of these existing companies out of the water. You know, Tesla wasn't the first electric car company. It's the biggest now, but yeah, I, I, that, that they're probably just my two words of cautions. The time and the winners are yet to be determined. 
but I, I'm excited about hydrogen. Yeah, I feel it uh, is certainly um, going to present a lot of uh, investment opportunity, but also if it does play out as uh, as we've just gone through, then the environmental benefits as well are, are pretty exciting and good to see that Australia is p- playing a pretty important role in uh, making all of this possible. So and go the CSIRO. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to finish with just a big shout out to the CSIRO. <laughs> uh, you keep putting in the hard yards and you keep getting it done for us. Um, we're literally recording. We're looking at our computers because of Wi-Fi. Hopefully one day the electricity that's powering uh, everything in this room is hydrogen powered. Um, so just keep keep doing what you're doing and government give them some more money so that brings us to the end we've covered a lot of ground uh hopefully there is some information in there that will help you on your investing journey and to understand the hydrogen industry a little bit better plenty of companies to go through um i would say that we'll get this up on the website etc but highly unlikely at this mean? stage well we always say we'll put it in show notes and all the, all the stock tickers oh, and- we spoke about a lot of companies <laughs> yeah so if you would like the notes from this episode how about we do this email contacted equity mates and we'll uh flick it through should we check that inbox should we just <laughs> should we just make the notes our episode notes a blog post with no editing sure that's probably a good just, way to do we, it. just just copy zero paste. editing yeah. <laughs> copy paste all right we'll endeavor to do that uh, we do have a new website coming in may where we will have a lot more of this information but uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out uh, the other podcasts within Equity Mates Media. We've got Get Started Investing. We've got Comedian V Economist, Meet, Pay, Love, and You're in Good Company. Plenty going on as well as our live show on the 29th of April. Tickets available on our Instagram link uh, as well as our Facebook discussion page. With There's a link on Twitter as well. So head to those and join the party it's going to be epic we're very excited yeah, for it yeah but you can tune in from the comfort of your lounge room if you weren't lucky enough to get live tickets they did sell out before renners woke up oh, so. right, oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they did sell out in under two hours which was a nice little ego boost for us yes yeah. so that's because only like seven were available no not really <laughs> but um let ren we'll leave it there always good to chat stocks and we'll pick it up next week sounds good Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.